live from Danny Cooperman's Retirement Pancake Party, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. A hearty, undefeated, all is delicious in TFC Universe, welcome to this week's show. We've got a soup that eats like a meal episode lined up, so put on your big boy bib and get ready to slurp up our audio broth. Jesus Christ, you must spend <laughs> hours coming up with this. Like ten minutes tops. Phenomenal. Mmm, six points like mum used to make. Let's serve up the panel. <laughs> My crusty exterior is nothing compared to the darkness that lives inside of me. The Melton Mowbray Pie of iTunes and managing editor of the Yorkies, I'm Tony Walsh. Alongside me, as always, is the man whose pickled onion cynicism startles fans and foes alike. He's not afraid to place his truthful flavor in your mouth. The monster munch of TFC bloggers waking the red managing editor, Duncan Fletcher. Hello. We're going to need an audience for this. Cold or hot, our next panelist always has a delicious surprise in the middle. If the sound of a deep-fried faux Columbus crew badge makes you hungry, then wrap your lips around the scotch egg of SoundCloud. Writer and graphics genius from the Yorkies, Chef Mark Hinckley. Bonjour, bonjour. And what would the panel be without some socialist substance? Giving us exactly what we need to hear, the Soviet breadline participant of the vocal minority, former entertainment and potato columnist at Pravda, and now waking the red writer, it's Krista Knowles! Hello! Like Colin Samuel would say, hourly, let's dig in. Sexy, sexy football? Yeah! <laughs> Does the clockwork orange of 1970s Dutch Vuit ball make your Vim yonk? Does masterful tiki-taka make your camp feel new? CC. <sighs> if you answered yes, then maybe avoid the TFC game in six. Oh. On a pitch that Dagoba FC would have called too swampy. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto FC and DC United slogged it out in what is most generously described as battle. The funny thing is, TFC 8.0 is getting pretty good at battling. They left the field literally bloodied and bandaged, but you should have seen the other guy. A 1-0 victory, and the first 2-0 start to a season for your F's and C's. Soon! So, match day two for TFC. What did they get right against DC United? I'm going to go with uh, the most often overlooked thing when it comes to this analysis. And it was simply that they scored more goals than the opposition. Science! Fancy stuff. Scintillating. I'm out. Fancy stuff. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. And it's not just about the uh, the goals scored. I mean, you just look at the, the chances created. You mentioned the game in six there. And yeah, you know, there's not a lot of fancy football on display. But I mean, Jermaine Defoe had like six chances from inside the penalty box. I, you know, any game we can do that. I think we're in with a very good chance. Rarely does he miss a chance around a box. <laughs> Look out, ladies! Uh, for me, apart from the chances created offensively, I thought, again, defensive structure was scrappy at times, but never really too panicky. Maybe a few chances from long distance that needed to be cleared, but overall, again, the middle of the defense, Caldwell and Henry doing yeoman's work, doing pretty good. Henry uh, had a killer tackle there, missed an easy tackle. Yeah, and, and then immediately and had then, a, Yeah, that was... Hairline could have been a penalty. It was almost your Doe Henry moment of the week. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's cutting down on that. It's only two games in but he's cutting down and I liked also the fact that they seemed very calm clearing the ball wide big kudos to Justin Morrow even <laughs> even with his back towards his attackers he, he's very calm and keeps the ball and not just hoofing it either he was looking for his man down the field who most often time was Alvaro right on top of all of that I just think and nod to Michael Bradley of course great control in the midfield I sort of feel like that's their game right now is we dare you to come in here go on just try you will lose. Absolutely. And then after they've gone in there and they've lost and they've tried and all that sort of thing, they figure, all right, we'll just avoid Michael Bradley. If they hit it over him, Henry and Caldwell, that's ideal for their game. They're very good at balls that are right at them. They can head it out. And they're good at very aggressively coming out as yeah. well to get clearances and want to go wide instead, throw crosses in. Again, Henry and Caldwell, they'll do that all day. So it's defensively looking very good. Cesar didn't have a, uh, yeah. a save to make worth talking about. Good service as well through this game. Yeah, Mark and Mark 
Bloom on the other side, quiet game, didn't really notice him much, but that's fantastic. Yeah. You don't want to notice him, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've often believed that any defender, if you can't find something wrong to say about his game, he's had an amazing match. Whether he did nothing or was right in the thick of it. Because defenders don't have any kind of easily countable statistics. I mean, yeah, you can count tackles and all that, but that's their job. That'd be like mm-hmm. counting a midfielder's dribbles. Like, that's a given. It's what you're supposed to do. So any howlers that they can avoid? Yeah, I'd take like quiet and steady and not really noticeable over Richard Eckersley, for example, any day of the week. I mean, he Eckersley is very noticeable, and often it's clearing up messes that he's created himself or you know, he's moving out of position. You know, he does some good stuff as well. Bloom, you don't really get that much of either of them, and I'll take that. As much as I would agree with you with X, I absolutely agree with you with Bloom. I would rather have Bloom than Eckersley, and I, I really did enjoy and held high Eckersley, what he brought to the entertainment value of the game. I will take Bloom over Eckersley in yeah. any situation. Yeah, let's have the entertainment at the other side Yeah, of the no, that, we got we got guys yeah. for that now. Yeah. To be fair to Eckersley, a lot of his being noticed was his Pantone color, <laughs> which I think officially was blood orange. Could be. I'll mm. look it up. Okay. That'll be my report for next week. Looking, as we always do, to a little bit on the, uh, the negative side, what did this team not do particularly well this week? Christmas. Well, a couple of you mentioned that we got a lot of chances, but on the flip side of that is that they didn't finish most of them. That game could have easily been put away very early had, well, anyone finished their chances. So we had to struggle to get that goal. Now, yes, it was done and it was nicely created and, and well handled, but I still think on a different day, on a different pitch, as in not <laughs> the bog that they played in, that game could have gotten away from them because they didn't finish those chances. Exactly. Defoe, hopeless. Chad Barrett would have got a hat-trick by halftime. <laughs> Easily, yeah. <laughs> no problem. The one thing I'd say that they didn't do well, I mean, they very well were just making interceptions and very, like, quick, direct attacking and creating chances that way. There, there isn't really a, a whole lot that we've seen when TFC's starting with the ball, what's your attack? I mean, it is very direct, and it's, sometimes it worked, it got to the forwards, but it seems as if they're almost trying, no, you know, we're going to let you have the ball, and then we're just going to try and win it and have a counter-attack. You know, I haven't really seen both games, really haven't seen much from an organised offence from TFC at all, which mm-hmm. would be nice to see at some point. It is fun to watch when they have control. Mm. They're, they're fast and mm-hmm. there's a lot of movement, but it's 20% of the match. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of reacting rather than crea- focus, creating. Yeah, the focus plan isn't there yet. Yeah, For me, a negative, and this is a repeat from the Seattle match, is the seeming inability to continue their offensive tactics when they make a big change up front. This week was the switching out of Gilberto, who had, a, I think, a pretty good game for a first out. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And it was the introduction of Dero, who, rusty, slow age, not sure about that one, but... No matter who was brought in, they didn't seem to be able to keep the flow going from the... Like, they were pretty solid with Gilberto and Defoe up front. The introduction of Dero did nothing to continue any offensive threat, really. There was uh, not a lot of chemistry going on up front. I think it would be fair to say that once DC took a look at Dero's possession with the ball and how easily it caught up to him on a break, they probably didn't put too much emphasis on Dero's impact on the match, which... After that, he didn't. He had probably one, maybe two more meaningful touches after that, which didn't really result in anything. Yeah, sadly, I think it's a quick realization of what we've lost in B-Right DK. He would have been quite the dynamic change late late in the second half. Yeah. Uh, he would have been the, you know, his style of attacking and his rough crush the net carnage style would have been a, a real switch from the technique of Gilberto and Defoe. Yeah, one more tool in the toolbox. Just brings something else to it. And I think that would probably speak more to bench depth than anything else. So he needs a rest, you come out. DK is completely different than any of the other forwards we have. That would have been a welcome addition, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you talk about bench depth. Again, same as the Seattle game. Later on, we're bringing on a defender for a midfielder. Was he actually playing defense? I don't think so, but we can't bring on Kyle Becker. So, all right, Bradley, oh, you go out there. It's, did, it's not ideal. Did they not do it again this week? Didn't or, uh, yeah. Or, or yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing, yeah. yeah. But it, like, they Morgan lined Ander up the first week. five across the back for a good chunk of the end of the game with that. When you look down the field, that's all you could see was that line. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's distressing to see the quality we have out in the first starting 11 and how well they're, actually, over two games, how well they're meshing. And then to start making those subs. And yeah, that defender for a midfielder one is really starting to grade on me, actually. Come on, Issy. 
So we've had a look at the tactics from last match. How about the players individually? Who is your TFC man of the match against DC United? I'll take Donnell Henry. What we discussed before, you know, he did a lot of clearances, interceptions. You know, I didn't notice any bad decisions that we come to expect from him. Didn't really notice any of that. And yeah, with Bradley Cesar Caldwell all around him, he's just looking very, very good. Another solid game for him. I am going to go with Michael Bradley for the simple reason that he ran over Trescu. That was my favorite <laughs> moment of the match. Forget the leaving the pitch bloodied and demanding staples and to get back on. That was just one of the best things I've ever seen in any game. And I will celebrate it over and over again. It, it, it almost deserves its own song at that minute. Bradley, again, immense. Just I almost want to take back all the semi-negative things I said about him in the offseason. Not yet, not quite, but I'm working towards it. He ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> I would have had Gilberto, except he came off a little earlier than I was hoping. Mm. Uh, he it's had all a, his fault. He had a couple of wonderful passes into the box, and I really want to see what a full 90 looked from him. But I did go with Bradley as well, mostly because how he had that cut the back of his head and our node was the guy who was down and out. That's the kind of thing you start cyborg legends about. You know, you just you just think <laughs> he could run through a brick wall and the brick wall is the one that's bleeding. It was phenomenal. And he was such an important part of the center of the pitch. That was a no-brainer for me. Well, 13 staples is almost... Holy Sanchez! Almost, it was 13! Almost mechanical. So this cyborg, you know, he's... Step one. He's, he's part metal already. Damn! This is how it begins. Robocop. I mentioned it before, obviously, Bradley, I mean, you could make an argument for Defoe again, Gilberto. I'll just go with a slight unsung hero who I mentioned before, and Justin Morrow. I was very pleased with a guy who was the forgotten transfer over the winter. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy. Sure. Awesome. We've had a lot of trouble over the years in that corner, giving away possession, stupid fouls, very composed, whether he was trying to go forward or just clearing it out of danger. I thought that his work was really good, and I think fans will warm up to him, too. He may be the bargain of the season. Yeah, he might be. It's about time we got a bargain off Sanchez. Yeah, usually yeah. We're, the, <laughs> exactly. we're the generous ones. Hey, look what Toronto gave <laughs> up this time. <laughs> On the flip side of man of the match, as we like to do, goat of the match. I, I'm having a feeling here that, that this we, could be a... Consensus? Maybe not fair, but it could be a consensus. Let's start with you, Kristen. Oh, well, it's uh, Action Jackson, of course. Okay, we don't have a consensus. Well, that blew my mind. See, there you go. All right. Uh, for it's me, actually, it's just for being actually, stupid. it's been trademarked. It's infraction, Jackson. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did Jackson. not read the memo. Well, I'm so God. sorry. No, just for being stupid, really, and clearly giving in to, to being pressured, to being harassed. You know, he's not new. Calm yourself down. Don't be the walking red card that I fear you are. You can't uh, neuter Jackson. I'm going to. God damn it. Jackson doesn't um, need this. <laughs> <laughs> ain't got time for that. Jackson don't need this. Jackson better than this. <laughs> I was going to go with Jackson again, so, you know, so much more unanimity. I know nothing um, of you guys. Yeah, sort of pointy elbows, and Arnold like, clearly went right up to him, sort of bumped into him, hoping to get a response, and Jackson gave it to him. Exactly. He, but he was looking for the man in the middle. Oh, uh, yes. All right, Even though <laughs> this, this, this hurts due to geography, but, and he didn't play very long, but D-Row was a bit frightening out there. Okay. It was, I think everyone took a step back. The pitch might have had something to do with when he had that almost one-on-one -on -one with Bill oh, Hamid, but... Uh, he had a one-on-one. -on -one. But it just, uh, yeah. Turned off, <laughs> turned off halfway through. It's, it, yeah, it was like his pace was switched off all of a sudden. It, it was a little ugly. And him watch. and Defoe yeah. having a few chippy words, although they looked friendly enough at the end of the match. But Defoe, I think, this is part of his learning process. MLS service not going to be Premier League service every day mm -hmm. of the week. But D-Row didn't play long, so maybe not the fairest goat horns to wear, but mine of the week. Yeah. I struggled with coming up with something truly awful to say about any of the other guys on the pitch. Even with the Jackson thing, I felt the other guy was just being... was. Granted, they're pushing each other's like, buttons. But that doesn't matter. You, you don't react. Just... I, I realize that. I realize that. He didn't do anything that, that was detrimental. It didn't cost the match. didn't cost a near gold. But it could cost another It match. could, absolutely. And if it does, then he gets thrown under my bus. You don't think about tomorrow. Jackson thinks about today. <laughs> Jackson lives in the present. <laughs> Jackson is referred to in the third person at all times. Oh. Jackson, if you're listening, you're welcome. <laughs> Jackson, so... thanks you. <laughs> 
Dero, it was that moment of, why is he running so slow? It's kind of having that realization that things ain't what they used to be, and it sucked. Even though that entire sequence was probably about 8 to 10 seconds long, it felt like an eternity. <laughs> Seeing him run through pudding, and then the first touch, still clear lane. Second touch, still clear lane. Third touch, still clear lane. Fourth touch, where'd the ball go? Because they caught you. And that hurt. That hurt me so much. Do you need a hug? To be fair, the pitch pretty much was pudding. Yeah, I know, but part of me wants to say, yeah, oh, well, it was the pitch, and it was cold, and he hadn't quite warmed up, and I want to give him excuses, but... Dero never needed excuses before. This is, yeah, exactly. that's the point. That's that's the part I'm, I'm struggling with. I want to give... Like, I'll still give him the pass in general, but he was probably the weakest cog in the machine. Yeah, he, apart from that glaring little breakaway, he was pretty invisible his whole time in the match. And I would like to put an asterisk. I'm only picking a goat because I struggled to come up with one. Yes. I really did. It's because it's, I'm it's, forcing it. Because you are. you and your dictator. We still love you, Dero. And most importantly, driving. Jackson loves Dero. Jackson loves everyone, except if you wear an other team shirt. Jackson got the time for you. Unless you're David Ferreira. He, he's Jackson's favorite. <laughs> Jackson's favorite fighting people in his own shirt. That's been established. Yeah, but that's David Ferreira. Yeah, Jackson. Jackson doesn't live in the past. <laughs> We've identified our man of the match and our go to the match. But now's a chance for us to admit we are not always right. Shocking, I know. But here's a little thing where we say, I was wrong about this player. I'll start with a little crow. I was wrong about Alvaro Ray. Early in the match, I looked around and I said, Alvaro Ray, that's gonna be my goat this year. He's my new Reggie Lamb. He just loves himself a dribble, goes nowhere. He had a huge missed opportunity on goal where it was easier to score. But as the match wore on, my black heart melted a little bit. <laughs> for our Spanish troubadour, who found himself tracking back a lot, all the way back into the defense to help out Justin Morrow on the wing, get him out of trouble a few times, and sometimes creatively, a lot of back leg flips, get the ball out of danger, and even create uh, offensive chances. So, for this week, I was wrong about Alvaro Ray. Nice qualifier. <laughs> Alvaro is king of the soccer field. <laughs> <laughs> Who's wrong next? I'm not sure I'd go as far as to say I'm wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Forget much? Jesus. Um, really only Tony yes. is wrong this week. The rest of <laughs> exactly. us were, were wrong us... to a much smaller degree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I definitely had doubts about Gilberto, and you know, in a way I still do, but uh, he definitely did better than I thought he would for his like first game on a crappy pitch and all that sort of thing. It's like, oh, all right. I very much thinking he's just an experiment. He's the big gamble, really, out of all the, the big signings. It might work, it might not. I'm kind of thinking it's probably not going to. And uh, he did very well in his first game. So kudos to you, Gilberto. Way to be slightly wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who else is wrong? Anyone brave enough? Sure. I can't remember exactly who I said was going to be my whipping boy for the season. But the player that I pretty much had very little to no opinion of coming off of the end of last season, during the offseason till now, would be Bloom. And so far in two games, he hasn't had a bad game. He hasn't had any howlers, and it's looking to be the sh a pretty shrewd bit of business. I think he's going to shape up to be quite a nice addition to the back line. Your opinion is blooming. <laughs> it's spring, after all. <laughs> and finally, because she's been prepared for this for hours... Kristen Knowles, who are you wrong about? I'm going with something somewhat surprising. I wasn't necessarily wrong about him. I had an unformed opinion. Wiedemann? No. My opinion about <laughs> Wiedemann's well-formed, let me tell you. No, Justin Morrow, because I wasn't sure what he was going to do. Yes, he was a vet, and yes, all sorts of interesting things said about him before he started to play, and he was all right last week, but Tony picked him as his man in the match. I was very surprised by his play. I found myself watching him through most of the first half because they were in front of us, and I was really impressed with his positioning and just his awareness of the field. He was very tidy, and so that is, I don't know if I was wrong, but I was surprised by how well he did. There are few things in the world of football spectacle as enthralling and emotional as TFC's decades-old tradition of Bitchy the Hawk. <laughs> I dare you, if you can, name me one thing in football more exciting than Bitchy's pre-match entrance, which has been blessedly brought back for another year. Oh, I'm going to go with anything. <laughs> I realize that may have stolen the thunder of you guys. I, I think what I have is covered by everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could think of a couple of incidences that happened across the pond. Uh, seeing your decrepit chairman being subbed in for two minutes because he thinks he can. Ah. He goes for a joggery day and 
and believes, well, I'm sure the players won't mind because that's always worth a laugh regardless of the result. That sounds pretty freaking interesting. I actually, I actually, I, was like, I'd be all I would love to see Tim Lewicki trotting out <laughs> on <Yeah>. field. <laughs> What's more exciting than Bitchy the Hawk's entrance? The search before you get into the ground every single day. Cavity searches. Better than Bitchy. More exciting than Bitchy. <laughs> well... Who's, depends who's doing your capital Well, search. that's true, true. The, the pat-down, I tell you, although I still think that they should buy me a drink first. I'm going to go with the Sepp Blatter speech at a World Cup qualification draw. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Yes, sorry, I Mitchie. just can barely contain myself when that happens. Yeah, that's fantastic. And for me, it's watching gridiron paint dry on a hey. hybrid surface. Oh, of course. Of course. Can you hear Toronto sing? No. Why, yes, we actually could, Mark. We could. And thank you for asking, Seattle. The crowd is back at BMO Field. Good or bad, or both? Kristen. Anthem. It was anthem, great. Yes. The anthem was great. And I realize everyone probably has that down, but I missed it. I Not missed me. It. I, only, I only sing the Soviet national anthem. Excuse <laughs> That's me. You were singing. Admit it. True. Uh, I missed it. I missed it all last season. What's his name? Scotty, Scotty Newland. Scotty, Scotty McScreaming. No offense to him, but... But, yeah, exactly. We don't better. need him. This was way better. I had so many people comment on it. I got messages from people, texts from people. It just, it's a different vibe, and it's something that has always been our own at that stadium, and... Were these people thinking you? Why are uh, people yeah. texting you about well, this? Well, Because I was clearly leading the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will say it's a very good thing, but if you're going into specifics about the experience, it's really busy again. Oh, we're uh, going to talk about the tunnel. Yay for the yeah. bad! Well, not, not the yeah. tunnel particularly. <laughs> That's the bad. Trying to get from the, the north end of the stadium down to the south end at half time, just going along the western concourse, it was absolutely packed. I mean, there's a lot of people at the like, washrooms and merchandise concession stands, and some genius decided to put a whole series of heat lamps right down the middle so there's people clustered around that so no one could get anywhere it's all busy but was there a good part for you <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the anthem for sure is a good part just the, the whole thing i mean it is good to have an enthusiastic involved crowd i enjoyed feeling like i was at a football match again yeah, after right, a couple yeah. of years that was nice mm-hmm. my only thing was the new influx of tourists yeah to our section we had I, there was one gentleman who briefly sat behind us, telling all, he was in full kit, proper full kit wanker, but telling all, he doesn't like the soccer, but he had to be there that day. Of course. Full kit of who? TFC? TFC, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Not, I know it's usually Arsenal at a BMO match, but, <laughs> but, but yes, he was in full, I, I assume it was said Defoe on the back because he saw him in the newspaper, Yeah. but yes. <laughs> From other sections, I've heard complaints support a section of, why are you standing? And why is all this flag waving and cheering? And and there was one very angry elderly gentleman in our section giving the deadest of dead fish eyes to Tribal Rhythm Nation. Was, that guy was hilarious. <laughs> was, was rather, <laughs> I was sitting next to you guys. Why didn't you point him out? Oh, I, oh. I, I didn't want to point him out because no, I was... thought his dead fish eye would be turned on me. You didn't know it. Oh, my God. No, he was, like, so angry. Yeah. He thought by staring at them, their stop. steel drums would just... Melt. I, he was like Magneto, and his steel drums would crumple. Mark, what do, you, what do you think of the experience? Good, bad, ugly? Oh, uh, the good. The, it seemed like everyone was paying attention, tourists and non-tourists alike. Everyone was ooing and aahing at the correct parts. It wasn't a reason to get drunk and broke at the same time as, as is tradition with a, a South End. Uh, the bad is that the next game will be a bunch of new casuals dying to say that they were at the hot ticket event. And it's the scalpers that foster this whole thing. It's not. It's not like your extra ticket, my extra ticket. That's not the. Those aren't the ones that are going to cause the problems. It's the block of tickets to the two to the left of me and the eight to the right of us that clearly aren't held by a family or regular people. Those are the ones that are going to be giving the stink eye to Travel Rhythm Nation as if they've never been to a game because they've never been to a game. Shout out to the usherette in our section who told me not to stand on my seat too. Uh, I've been standing on my seat since 2007. Suck it! Yeah, you need to suck it. Uh, bad. The idiot Leafs fans. Three there... rows in front of us. Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. Stop with your stupid ranting at the guy in the Habs hat. This is not a Leafs game. Don't wear your stupid Leafs jersey to our TFC match. Don't come. That's not why you're there. Don't come. Be quiet. Watch the game. If you're listening, thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Still angry about it, clearly. This is always going to be a sore spot for me, but I don't mind when other people wear the other team shirts. 
I don't mind people wear the other sh other sports shirts. But if you're gonna get into a hockey fight at a soccer match, the fuck up the fuck is wrong with you? You're in Toronto. You can go to any bar and get into that fight. <laughs> you can go to any KFC and get into that fight. Why would you go and spend, which clearly was scalper prices, to cause that shit? Because the one idiot was wearing a Habs hat. You know what? At least his colors matched the ones that we were wearing. Actually, not necessarily true. We were wearing Onyx. But still, he wasn't wearing a King shirt. My point is, is that if you guys are going to have a pissing contest as to who's supporting who, you guys aren't even watching or following the same sport. Everybody can go get the giant cauldron, suck it, and enjoy yourselves. Scientifically speaking, this can be encapsulated in one word. Bros. <laughs> Bro? Despite the eyes of the football world being on the battle of the American capital versus the Canadian capital, there was a whole league's worth of action this weekend. We handed over to senior Other Places correspondent Duncan Fletcher with this week's MLS Wins and Losses. Thank you, Tony. I'm going to start off with losses. That's just how I roll, really. First of Portland, what's really going on there? It's like first two home games... They barely scrape a one-all draw with Philadelphia and then only get the one-all draw with Chicago. And then they go to Colorado and they lose 2-0 and concede two penalties in the space of like five minutes. The first one was fantastic. It's like Donovan Ricketts jumping to kind of kick the ball away. I guess he was maybe out of the box or whatever. Completely misses the ball and just hits Deshaun Brown and injures himself. So he gets sent off. He concedes the penalty and gets sent off as well as being stretched off uh, with an injury. Isn't so that a hat trick of some kind? It's, it's got to be. Well, I think it's a Donovan Ricketts hat trick. Well, maybe we coined that now. Magical. Yes. Then, like, the, his re the replacement goalie, Weber, they brought him in, and his first action was to pick the ball out of the net after the penalty, because he didn't save it. His second action was to give away another penalty. <laughs> and he actually saved that one, but then they scored the rebound. Um... <laughs> No, I, I think I'd still back Portland to get it together altogether, but uh, it's really not working out for them right now, which is uh, kind of fun. Moving on to winners, we'll head on to uh, Dallas, currently leading the league in points and goals. Didn't really do anything dramatic over the offseason. They got Oscar Pereja from, uh, from Colorado. Uh, they'd stole the coach, and you know he's got them playing well. Fabian Castillo's got a couple of goals. Mauro Diaz is uh, very good at setting up goals, and all of a sudden, like Dallas is doing very well. Uh, it's very surprising. Moving on with the wins, New England has a point. Yay! Uh, um, Muskets. Yes, I, <laughs> I mentioned them two weeks running as uh, losers, but uh, they do have a point now. They don't have any goals as of yet, still through three games, but uh, they do have a point. So who's the big winner? New England's <laughs> the big winner. Big hat to the head Ooh, for them. Yes. And happily, that leaves one team with zero points from three games. That's our final loser here. And that's Montreal. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually watched the game against Seattle, and they just never looked dangerous at all. And Troy Perkins got a fantastic comedy on goal, trying to make a save. He's desperately going back to get the ball. It bounces off the post, hits him, goes in. That's always fun. It should get better for them. They're like suspensions for Marco Devayo and Andres Romero are now up, so they'll be back. So presumably things will get better. But uh, for now, they are now six points. TFC are six points ahead with a game in hand in the uh, 2015 CCL qualifying race. Fantastic. I have a Washington DC worthy conspiracy theory. Massive lineups on Saturday from the GO Train Tunnel all the way to the toilets. So bad the GO Train Tunnel was likely used as a toilet. <laughs> all of this to make us think we need an expanded stadium. The cold weather on Saturday? Nothing but an MLSE weather machine using Zamboni residue and Kenny Reggett's glove wax. A roof will fix that, they say. Awful pitch, slap on some gridiron paint. You won't notice those bald patches. Yes, MLSE is putting the full court press on TFC fans to warm their man slash lady bits towards agreeing happily to the conversion of BMO Field to Pinball Clemens Stadium. The latest PR pose down took place a few hours before the match on Saturday as Tim Lewicki squeezed, and I mean squeezed, into a TFC training jacket to tell the plebs what What's what? <laughs> Two of the Vocal Minority Podcast best plebs were in attendance. And with their peasant's eye view, here's Kristen and Duncan to fill you in on the latest WikiLeaks. Oh yes, yeah, so it was it was a joy to behold uh, TL in his warm-up jacket. He didn't look 
uncomfortable at all, but was clearly trying to show that he's just one of us. As he kept saying over and over again, he loves soccer. Loves the sport. He's a soccer guy. He's a soccer guy. Mm. But I do have a quick conspiracy of the sponsory nature. So before the meeting, they, you know, you register and you got your free drink ticket. Ooh, free drinks. Excellent. Let's let's get them liquored up. All the better to silently or quietly get the message planted in their drunken brains. But sadly, the only alcoholic beverages on offer were Bud and Bud Light. Two of my least favorite, and I'm using really giant air quotes here, people, beers. Uh, so I asked the nice bartender, could I have something else? And he's like, well, we had to clear out the cases. We can only have Bud, but I'll go get you something else. As long as you pay for it. No problem. Grabs me a Heineken. I'm like, that's fine. I pay for it. Minutes later, he's getting yelled at by his supervisor for doing such a thing. Now, I, I'd heard this story. I was yes. there, but I presumed you were trying to use your free ticket to get no. a Heineken or whatever. They were giving him shit for actually letting you buy something else? Correct. Huh, okay, that takes it up a notch. Correct. Anyway, carry on. So that, that was... Man, that man apparently has not been seen since Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I was quite irritated by this, so I was not in the best frame of mind going into the meeting, and I, I'm generally fairly skeptical around these things to begin with. We saw a lot of the same presentation that we saw at the uh, city council meeting, only with more rhetoric and more, we're here for you soccer fans, this is all about you, the enhanced experience, we want it to be. Don't even worry about the Argos. Argos are really just, they're just off in the distance. We're not even paying attention to them. All the embellishments, all the enhancements, all the renovations are aimed at making it better for you. Our experience will be protected. Screw those Argos guys. Huzzah. So things that we may not have known or may not have had written in stone, probably the most contentious, I think, for most people other than the Gridiron Lines, which we'll get to, is the fact that for the next two seasons, no home games until May. We are playing, we are starting our seasons on the road with the league's approval or TL's demand. Since he pulls a fair amount of weight in MLS, that was not surprising, but maybe a little off-putting that MLS is not a, it's not a road league. You make your points at home. And TFC, this can't be a good thing going forward. I think we all knew this sort of thing was going to happen, but to actually have it clarified, yeah, absolutely nothing before May 1st was uh, a bit alarming. You know, other things that came out, one thing, like for me, is you kind of looked at the plans before and I kind of got this impression, but actually clarified it. And the roof, there's going to be no back to it, really. No. It's, it's not actually going to be connected to the stand. So, you know, you'll have your stand, then a bit of open air for the wind and rain to come in and for the noise to get out, and then a bit of a roof kind of over the top. So they kept on talking about being English premier level quality. And it's like, well, no, that's not doing the job. So that's, you know, another thing I'm not uh, all that keen on. Um, Maybe they meant screw. Premier. Well, maybe. Hey, maybe hey. Blue Square Premier, or the Northern League Premier. Halifax they... Town and their fancy new stand. Oh, don't talk, shade. Don't talk shade. to me about Halifax. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Ooh, nerve. Oh, nerve oh, touch there. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Although I thought it was quite funny when he was asking which way the, the stadium was. Which which stands are they going to have to move? Is it the north? Which ones? He didn't north, quite south, seem to understand stadium. which way BMO was oriented. That was fun. Um, this, is, this is Professor Bob Hunter? Or? Bob, yes. Uh, yes. Quite lovely. Does he not read the South Stand Report? I mean, I work hard on that. <laughs> you would think. You're right. on notice, Professor Bob Hunter. <laughs> I'm watching you. The turf end zones for the CFL games, which will be uh, emblazoned with many an advertisement and or logo. Never to be seen during soccer games since the retractable stands will be covering it. Yeah, apparently he was saying you know, the actual soccer pitch part of it, there's going to be no logos or anything on there, so that's nice. As well, I guess he was just, you know, like promising you know, we're never going to be playing like, the, the day after an Argos game or anything like that. You know, there's always going to be you know, plenty of time to, to do it. And the lines... Vacuumed and steam cleaned steam away. Steam cleaned, yes. I, I, and Seriously, all I can picture is a giant Bissell vacuum cleaner on the pitch. That's the latest MLSE. Take that as a sponsor. Run with that. It's the Bissell Halftime sucking. Line Removals. The Halftime Sucking Report <laughs> by Bissell. But yeah, so they're going to be water-soluble lines, which clearly will be able to be taken up by this within the mm -hmm. five to six days between games. Except, of course, if we're in CONCACAF. Well, yes, oh, well. Yes. And the, the new time frame for the Voyagers. Right. You know, it's all sorts oh, of and the playoffs. Details. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah, Details. things like that. Yeah. Come on. Never you mind. Yes. They're you, there, gentlemen. The, Would you like another free beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stadium is apparently going to be very much TFC. It's going to be, they're not going to be, have blue seats or no anything like that. Change. It's all very much, yeah, this is a oh, soccer stadium God. that, that the Argos are in. Point Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> yes. It's a home game for Calgary. 
believe someone brought that up. Uh, no. Uh, and then the next thing, probably the other biggest thing, would be the the pricing talk that came up. Mm. A couple people, uh, rightly so, uh, East Stand season ticket holders right now are wondering, well, since their stand is the one that's getting the greatest renovation and their seats will presumably somehow be considered to be more favorable in terms of their location. Yeah, they're going from the back of the stand to the middle exactly. of the stand. Like Drake. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they started at the back, now we're here. What kept getting repeated over and over again was that if TFC does well, i.e. makes the playoffs this year and continues to do well, that MLSE is going to ask us, the season ticket holders, for a raise. Mm-hmm. Basically meaning... Up go the prices, folks. And there was no discussion of whether or not this was going to be a sort of fair and equitable price raise. Because we all understand this is sports. They're going to do this every year whenever they can. But whether they revert to the previous model, which was let's jack these suckers up as fast as humanly possible. Or whether they are going to continue to try and respect uh, the fact that we've been some of the most beat upon fans in MLS. Can, can you wait for one moment? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Back to your story. <laughs> There's obviously a big difference right now between the prices for like season tickets for people who renewed and like brand new subscribers. So, I mean, that's I think probably my big fear is that they're going to be, oh, all right, you guys, you know, you've had a couple of years of uh, cheap tickets again. You now go back to being the same price as these and we'll see a, a huge jump there, which uh, I still think this is a very young and fragile fan base. Okay. And why are you pissing it off? You've just got it back. Luwiki talked about bringing the patient off life support. Why start poisoning it again so soon? Hospital pills gotta be paid. <laughs> That's a good point. MLS Jackson injured? Jackson, Jackson not injured. Jackson not on OHIP. Hashtag T.O. Poly News. The emperor of Leafs Nation took on the drug baron of Ford Nation <laughs> in what has become Toronto's roly-poliest war of words. It's Tim Lewicki versus Rob Ford. Let's start semi-seriously. Politically, the asking of funds from three levels of government. Which side do you land on? Personally, I have a physical reaction to agreeing with anything Tories and or the Fords would be against, but... Uh, do have a little bit of how can I not have an issue with MLSE asking for any amount of money? And the amount is very strange to me. They're willing to put $90 million into a project, but 30 million of it from three levels is the absolute kicker. Don't get that? We're not into it. I don't buy that one bit, but yeah, I find it very odd. I know that the deal actually financially if is actually pretty good for the city of Toronto. Takes them off the hook for upkeep of the stadium over 10 years. They stand to make more money in the long term, even though they would be penalized from loaning 10 million at the beginning. It's just the feeling of MLSE getting free anything that kind of hurts. But then Ford had to go against it, so I had to go against him. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem right, MLSE getting things, but I'm okay with it. I, you know, I think pretty much any level of government will, in some way or another, get their money back. I mean, not directly from MLSE at all, but from increased taxes or revenue or however it's, it's going to work out. But I think it'll be a good deal, and I'm, I'm fine with government spending. Tax and spend, lefty! <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know, let, let's actually create some things here. Well, and I sort of fall, I've, I've warred between both of your opinions on this, and I kind of fall more towards Duncan in that it does get... It He's does, a communist. I mm. Really? Shocking. Um, Let's it, put an Olympic track around the pitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> on the outside. Who needs, who needs the... For yes? good of come nation. <laughs> Let's spend 50 billion on this stadium. All right, come on, come on, come on. We have to have something Putin's left for the Memorial really, Library. No, <laughs> like, Putin's not really a communist, is he? Never mind. <laughs> Isn't that just not really a communist? <laughs> Fair enough, sorry. Sorry, that's poutine. More smokes poutine trucks at the stadium this year, though. A smokes poutine hey. in every driveway. This week on the Oligarch <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> no, I think talking about the government investment or involvement, you know, yeah, there is there is a trade-off. Part of it, looking at the Pan Am Games, part of this renovation is, is being tied to the Pan Am Games and the fact that there's no construction through that. And there's got to be a certain expectation that that's part of the trade-off for some of the money. But if the stadium renovations don't completely destroy our world, there's a lot of good that can come of it. And sure, it's going to create some jobs and it's going to create a higher profile and it's going to increase tourism. So there's a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of dominoes that fall in place there. If the Pan Am Games are part of the thinking process and I can manage to get a free t- ticket for Canada Rugby Sevens versus Nicaragua. <laughs> Worth it. Nicaragua in particular? Yes. Uh, you're a big fan of the Nicaraguan Rugby Sevens No, team? I actually just want to see Canada Rugby play a country like Nicaragua okay. in Rugby Sevens. Steamroll them, yeah, that'd be good. Politically, how do you feel about the money? 
Mark Ingley. I personally think that for, for something like this, you already got a free stadium, effectively. You want to do all this fancy, nice, nice stuff for it, you still build for it. And it's not like it's not like MLSE is not awash with cash. I do believe that there is a Scrooge McDuck type vault, mm-hmm. which they have executives who are skidding have down. time. It's where, where they can, he sleeps. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I would I would probably say he sleeps there. At least he's right next to it. You know, gun to head, pick one or the other. As much as I really don't like either, I would pick MLSE because even though they're evil, they won't humiliate the crap out of us. Have you not been paying attention for the last seven years? Good God, man. Yeah, but on a global scale. They humiliate us in a hockey sense. Well, those of you who are Leaf fans, (laughs) not me. And for those of you who are TFC supporters, which unfortunately I do fall under that category. But at no point has a joke been made on, on Philippine television. About how crappy our soccer team is, but our crack smoking mayor, <laughs> I'm sure, has led the nightly news for a week. More Lewicki versus Ford. We all know what kind of stupors the mayor gets into. If Tim Lewicki was in a stupor, what kind of stupor would it be? Mark Hinckley. Caviar, eight balls, and pomegranate chasers. Nice. <laughs> Kristen Knowles. Fumes from all the paint removal from the pitch. Paint Ooh. removal stupor. <laughs> Magic paint removal wow. stupor. Off those two extraordinary stupors, mine was straightforward. A hyperbole stupor. Hmm. Mm. Literary. <laughs> he just gets high from hearing himself talk. Mm-hmm. That's all the stupor he needs. Yep. He can sit in his armchair, just talk away for an hour, and that's him for the night. He, he, does, he doesn't remember the <laughs> week. To go. Exactly. Rob Ford famously has more than enough to eat at home. What does Lewicki have more than enough of at home? Signed Drake pictures. Mm, from the bottom to the top. Awkwardly fitting leisure wear. Mm. Uh, Leafs, Raptors, TFC, Argos. He's, he's working on that one as well. Uh, yeah, whatever the occasion, he's got himself a very, very snug conspiracy alert. Jacket for it, yes. This whole Argos thing may be for better fitting leisure wear. It's a good point. Mm, ah. You sneaky devil. Yes. For me, it was Twinkies. So I was along the same line as you. Uh, I, Fair enough. I have pussy. Cats. <laughs> pussy cats. Oh. They like to eat SPCA. They're a great they, comfort they, in times of stress. Yes. Delicious. Yeah. They're delicious. And they lower heart rates. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The slow, on a slow, the cooker, slow yeah. stroking yeah. of a puss. <laughs> and finally, in the great Lewicki versus Rob Ford war of words, if the election was tomorrow and Lewicki was running for mayor, who would you vote for? Krista Knowles. Even though you don't vote because you're a communist. Excuse me. You're told who to vote for, and they get 100% of the votes. Here's ballot. Check box. <laughs> uh, no, I vote for TL because I could not, would not, cannot vote for that fat fool. Mm. By that, I mean Rob Ford. Not TL in a warm-up jacket. <laughs> Lewicki, again. You know, I think, uh, unlike Rob Ford, he does actually do what he promised. I will go with Lohi as well. A chicken in every pot or panda caviar from a waterfall in the Himalayas for all who vote for him. At the Himalayan waterfalls. That's where the good stuff Panda is. caviar, man. Come on. I say screw that because I would run against. My indifference won't drain coffers or insult intelligence. A vote for me means more efficient public transit and funding to preserve, maintain, and expand our green spaces. In fact, my plan calls for a higher rate of taxation on any new or expanded dwellings to pay for the infrastructure to offset the congestion brought to the city. I will also work towards a more bike-friendly city, but also call for a stricter enforcement of the traffic rules for a safer environment for all modes of transportation. No longer this city will be used to further the agendas of those in power. A vote for me, Mark Hinckley, means a vote for the voters of Toronto. Together, we can change the city and change the world. Thank you. <laughs> Time to flop around maniacally on our tethers. It's bitchy blanks. Our weekly blankety blank game. All right, so bitchy blanks. This week's runner up. So the blank was Clint Dempsey got two games for the nut punch on Mark Bloom, but he should get ten games for blank. So our winner from the previous week, Gray at White Green Gray, gets his runner up position for the fantastic anagram of Clint Dempsey's name, incensed moldy twerp. And he gets fairly. It's his full name. It, it incorporates oh, what's his, his middle name? name, Drew. Oh, there's the W. Huh. Okay. Huh. Sense moldy <laughs> well, uh, twerp. 
So this week's winner, however, is Alan Thornton, uh, otherwise known as at Toronto Sibudio. Clint Dempsey should get 10 games just to piss off Klinsman as payback for suggesting Aaron Winter as coach. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Well done, Alan Thornton. Nice. Uh, what, what, what does he win? He wins uh, a year's supply of our sageful head nods. Alan, you can't see this. I was stroking my chin in appreciation. He was. Bonus. Mm. Phantom beard looked great. Sounds go uh-huh. Yeah. Going around the table, any of our best efforts on last week's Bitchy Blanks? Oh, yeah, he should get 10 games for impersonating a Ford on designated player money. Nice. Uh, I'll go with he should get 10 games for wearing number two. You're not a right back. (laughs) Pick a proper number. Old school. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Mine is unfortunately similar to uh, Mr. Marcus's uh, 10 games just for being a bratty, self-entitled idiot. And my bitchy blanks for this week. He should have got 10 games... For trying to be a soccer slash rap star back in 2007 with his rap hit, Don't Tread on Me. And to celebrate this, I am going to bust my fattest rhymes live on the Vocal Minority Podcast. DJ Craven Cottage, drop me a fat beat. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Desi in the house. Get out of my house! <laughs> Game took hold like the roots of a tree. Think soccer ain't a sport? Then why'd Nike sign me? Cause I got my job and made the game ferocious. I was born with a drive I got from no coaches. Big hulk and deuce, spitting truth in the booth. Stop, drop, and roll, I brings down the roof. Got nothing to lose and everything to prove. Don't change the mood, cause we done paid our dues. Best to give way for the USA. Now we're hot, you might think we're a sun ray. In over your heads, south side we fed. This is life, and I'm grinding until I'm dead. Oh, it's been enough. That's bad. <laughs> you might think we're simmering. Wow, eight mile, more like six yards. <laughs> With that piece of magic in your ear canal, we'll move on to this week's bitchy blanks, which all stems from Michael Bradley's head buttery of DC's Davy Arno. Mmm, head buttery. <laughs> Head buttery. <laughs> I was just going to say it sounded like he said head boogery, which would be a whole different that's, thing. But yeah, that's, that's... Moving on. You wouldn't put mm, in front of that. Golf. Despite <laughs> a 13 stable gash, ladies, Bradley looked, <laughs> Bradley looked pissed off more than anything, which made us think he would look down at Arnaud's crumpled body and drop a movie-worthy line such as Hasta la vista, Davy. So this week's bitchy blank is when Michael Bradley knocked out Davy Arnold, he looked down and said, "Blank." Send us your best bitchy blanks on Twitter at Vocal Minority Pod. Wait, that doesn't have an A, just V O C L. Then Minority Pod, or you can leave it in the comments section at vocalminoritypodcast.blogspot.ca, and maybe you can win our sageful head nods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With renewed TFC fortunes comes renewed traveling fans. Perhaps a band of merry TFCers will be heading to Sandy, Utah. Ah, the beaches of Sandy, Utah. If the panel here could be in Sandy, Utah at Rio Tinto Stadium next week and could bring a banner with them, what banners would you bring? The best idea I have got would be a giant fake pepper ocean. (laughs) And just to see how long it takes for someone to figure out the stupidity I'm trying to get across. The other one, which is, you know, just a beef on stupid names in this league, is No King Made You Real. Mm. I just hate the name. It's a fun enough team. I like the way they play. They've done some really good things in this league. But I was totally pulling for the Highlanders name when they were having the name the team contest. So, so yeah, Real's a stupid name. There can be only one. <laughs> very similar to what you were saying there, but just a very straightforward. King Juan Carlos is a Jermaine Defoe fan. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the Mormon theme and the Jermaine Defoe theme. Just a big sign that says, Jermaine Defoe will steal your five wives. Nice. It's a lot of wagging. We'd love uh, to hear some of your banners you would take to Salt Lake City with you this week. Again, send them on Twitter at Vocal Minority Pod with no A in the vocal or in the comment section at Vocal Minority Podcast.blogspot.ca and we will happily read them on air next week.
Gosh, your lake is salty. Who needs big boy pants when we can go to Salt Lake City and put on our shortiest John Stockton shorty shorts? That's right, TFC are set to put their undefeated record against arguably their stiffest competition so far as they travel to the holy Mormon Empire of Utah. The always tough Real Salt Lake, Spanish royalty's favorite MLS side, seem as solid as ever. With dozens of Carl Malone's illegitimate children watching on, this should be an interesting match. They've got jazzy mailmen, Osmonds, and enough choirs to fill any tabernacle. They also have a pretty good club out there. But long after Jason left RSL's touchline, does the power of Christ still compel them? <laughs> With a look at Real Salt Lake, we go to our Penn Continental Scouting Desk and senior looking at other people's clubs correspondent, Duncan Fletcher. Thank you, Tony. Uh, pleasure to be here once again. Uh, this is a bit of an easy one this time because anyone who's paid attention, not even just to MLS, but just to TFC over the last few years, you, you know what you're going to get with Real Salt Lake. Their stability is the, the big key thing. Uh, the only but one big moment, big change of their offseason was what you alluded to there. Jason Christ, superstar, did not resist temptation. Instead, he succumbed to the lure of the Twin Devils of New York, and uh, so he is gone. But the person taking over just his assistant coach Jeff Cassar is a very smooth transition and they're just kind of keeping on the same as they were. They're very much, I think, in a way, this is what TFC have tried to buy. They've got like Nick Romando, Kyle Beckerman, Alvaro Savarillo. You know, that's your Cesar, Bradley and Defoe right there. You know, adding to that, they've got you know, defense is the same as what they had last year. Nat Borchers, Tony Beltran, uh, Schuler and Wingert. Uh, Javier Morales as well, and there's a lot of good players there. Generally line up in a midfield diamond, Beckerman at the back, Morales at the front. So far, like the last couple of games, it's been like Luis Gill out on the left, and Ned Grabberboy, his greatest name ever, out on the right. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be a problem for TFCs. I mean, we've got that two like, fairly defensive midfielders back there, but we're really going to need the wingers to concentrate on coming back and getting those wide players, because... Uh, you know, if Osorio or Bradley are getting pulled out to mark Gill or Grabovoy, then you know Morales just needs a bit of space and he can do very good things. Up front, that's where they're a bit dodgy. The Jao Platter have been doing great, but he's injured, so don't need to worry about him. Sabarillo, he may be suspended. He probably isn't going to be. He's had a bit of a nasty challenge in the game against LA and Arena and Donovan and everyone are suggesting he should get some kind of suspension, but he probably won't. But he'll be there and alongside him... Instead of Platter, they're probably going to have to bring in Olmez Garcia. He's got a few injuries up front. Robbie Findlay uh, will be there, sort of big sort of guy who's kind of injured and not playing. And the one thing you've got to look out for is, we mentioned talking about the DC game, TFC is you know, very much all about getting the ball up front quickly and they've given away possession a lot. If we do that with real Salt Lake, it could be real trouble because they can just, I mean, that's what they do. They just, you've got that midfield diamond. They're all about passing it around and making you chase the ball, waiting for an opening. So if we give them the ball that many times, we, you know, we're, we're not going to get much back of it. It's, it's going to be an interesting one. Back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. You shall not pass! <laughs> no, not Gandalf the Mormon wizard, but as Duncan alluded to, how TFC's midfield may feel as the counter-attacking Reds face that high-possession tactic that Real Salt Lake likes to play. Percentage-wise, around the table, I want a number. Just how low could TFC's possession stats be in this match? Kristen. 20%. 20%. Mark Higley. 40%, but that's just the problem you got with uh, rocking a counter-attack all the time. Uh, I think they could get under 30. Under 30. For sure. The correct answer is 25%. Ah. Ah. Damn it! 24% of that is Alvaro... Do I get the prize for not going over? 24% of that are Alvaro Ray dribbles. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Apologies. That's good. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. This guy thinks it's white boy day. RSL are famously led by Rasta Mormon and star of true romance, Kyle Beckerman. If you, meaning the panel... I was pointing, you. <laughs> no, 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 the one listening to the podcast now. You. No, you. Yes, that one. If you, panel, could put any fake Rastafarian in the TFC lineup to combat Beckerman, who do you choose? I will start with the person I alluded to, Gary Oldman's character Drexel from the movie True Romance, because he likes a white boy day, and he likes an egg roll, and he likes a leopard skin lady nighty to wear around the house, or his whorehouse. Nice. Yeah, that was a lot of things said. Duncan. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the novelty mayoral candidate Sarah Thompson. Uh, she can stand next to him to take a picture, accuse him of grabbing her ass, cause a huge distraction. That would be Ned Grabovoy. That's huh? when, well, indeed, yes, that's a good point. Good point. I think that's what it's um, called. But yeah, that whole distraction, that's when uh, Defoe can just slide in there and... Uh, uh, score a goal and then actually go and grab Sarah Thompson's ass because that's just what he does. <laughs> oh, uh, this this be easy because we got to own that play. It's none other than Mr. Kyle Becker, man. <laughs> Kyle Becker is as Rastafarian as a... Kyle Becker, man! Kyle Becker, man! As a German politician. <laughs> forgive, please forgive me, anybody of island descent. <laughs> For our Caribbean <laughs> listeners, apologies. <laughs> Apologies, man. Also, the apologies for that. For our Caribbean listeners, apologies again. Chris Knowles. Well, my argument of mine is like so innocent compared to the three of you uh, lot. Mine's Clifford from the Muppets. <laughs> oh, from Muppets the band? Tonight? <laughs> what? Muppets Tonight? No. Clifford. Was the, in the band? Yeah. Yeah. Which one's Clifford? He's like got purple the, dreads. The, the big Rasta guy. <laughs> Yeah. Are we she could to... have taken the twins from Matrix 2. She went with the Muppet. Oh, yeah. No one took Predator. Predator. Oh, predator. Yeah. We were looking for Predator. <laughs> we were looking for pre the answer was Predator. <laughs> Serious football news news. Who is your potential TFC difference maker for this potentially difficult match? Gilberto. He's fun. You think he's going to play full 90? Yeah, I think so. I think he's good for a 90. Uh, better weather conditions. He's got a game under his belt. Providing the counterattack actually works or shows bearing some fruit, I can see him playing the whole 90. I think this could be the game where Julio Cesar finally uh, earns his, his money from Queen's Park Rangers. Hasn't had to do much at all as of yet. I think he could be very busy this time. I'll, I'll just go because that was mine as well. I think, yeah, this is the match where we absorb a lot of pressure, I think. And Julio Cesar could be, could be make or break. I took someone from the back as well, only I went with Stephen Caldwell instead, I think. That as immense, you know, as well as they played the first couple games and uh, he and Henry together, I think that all of his experience and ability to organize that back line and communicate with Julio will be all on display and incredibly necessary. Every week we uh, make a few predictions and we're starting our little vocal minority podcast, Prediction Liga. The first week was a washout, zero points all around. Last week... We all took wins. Hooray. You three took really big wins. I took a 2-1 win, so again, I'm the moral winner. <laughs> but it's three points on the table. No one will look back at the moral wins that... I only said 2-0. That's not big. Not Your big table totally has got a column for moral wins. I said 2-1. That's plus one. That, that's close, for anyway. sure. Can you get relegated due to immorality? One team gets one team gets, one team gets relegated <laughs> from the Prediction Liga. Three teams make the Concubine League. Ah! As we jostle for Concubine League places, let's predict this week's scores <laughs> against Real Salt. I'm going with a 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. For who? Mm. <laughs> um, I will go 2-1 Real Salt Lake. For me, it's 2-0 Real Salt Lake. Ooh. The gig is up! This table's all going to pot right now. 2-0 to Toronto. Oh! Oh, oh the table's going to change next week, son! <laughs> That's right. Keep the faith. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's ride this. Let's ride this undefeated pony. Talk, talk, talking of undefeated, a fun stat that you may not realize. By the time you listen to this podcast, <clears throat> TFC are now on a five-month winning streak in the league. Wow. Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done. I'll send the cake. The Invincibles. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of ponies, mm -hmm. let's finish this off with a genuine pony, if possible. See what I can do. <laughs> One last question before we close out this segment. When Jermaine Defoe hears about Utah's penchant for multiple wives, how many wags does he leave with? Ooh, that is an excellent question. I'm going to say he leaves with seven in the limo, but only gets on the plane with five. Mm, Two having Exactly. You have to sign the customs form. Well, there's, there's a limit on the carry-on. Yes. He gets eight if he converts, two if he doesn't. He's got fresh ones at home. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, I don't think he'll leave with any. He'll leave seven behind in the hotel room. <laughs> yes. Nine. Nine was the correct answer. Aww. Aww. Damn it.
The power of Christ compels us. The power of Christ compels us to bring this week's episode to a close. But not to worry, like the Osmonds, there's always another one around the corner. Be sure to join us next week as we attempt to have a member of Spanish royalty on to analyze Real Salt Lake versus TFC. As well, we invite Ontario and Ohio Flores on to talk about the importance of the upcoming Trillium Cup match versus Columbus Crew to their industry. <laughs> As always, the Vocal Minority Podcast Action News team are working on some hard-hitting journalism for next week. Here's a preview. Krista Knowles on Twitter. She's at KZ Knowles. What can we expect from you? I have been sending out inquiries into the uh, design uh, industry, more specifically the macrame design industry, as to whether or not a back can be created for the new roof. Something that will be flexible so that it will move with the stands, yet still pleasing to the eye and something for the fans to grab onto in frustration. I hope it's one of those nice. brown owls off the 70s. Shh. Mark Hinckley Esquire. Follow him on Twitter at Ignartok, I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q. What is in your smoking pipe? Oh, thanks, Tony. I'm actually working with other animal handlers from around the league to see how they deal with their live mascots, prepping them for games, feeding habits, maintenance, dealing with public appearances, things like that. The guests I've got lined up, now I struggled, but I managed to get, I feel, three of the best ones. The handlers of the following mascots, I've got Wendell, which is their endangered species pygmy rabbit over in Seattle. Ooh. Yeah, no, that, that was quite the coup. Uh, Rocco, which is actually uh, the house cat of the Kraft family over in uh, <laughs> over in New England. Nice. And uh, the most interesting live mascot, which is actually just a guy named Steve, who is a part-time chef of an Asian fusion taco truck in downtown Dallas. Kind of makes bitchy less contrived and pathetic, really. That should be that should be up on the site in the coming days. Excellent. Thank you. We look forward to Steve flapping uncontrollably outside of his truck. <laughs> Duncan Fletcher, as always, at Duncan D. Fletcher. We hear you're deep undercover this week. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, actually looking into uh, production of a, a new... And just new training tool for up-and-coming professionals. It's new technology, combination of one of those pull-the-string talking dolls and a bobblehead. And this is basically, it's for, for media training purposes. Uh, you know, for parents, if you, you know, you've got your, your teen out there, he's just pilling it, he's going to be a superstar. He needs to learn how the media. So here's this toy, you can buy him. You pull the string and he does one of the 20 average you know, questions, the exact same things that you always get. And then as your teen answers the question, the toy enthusiastically nods its head, nods its head furiously to encourage him and build confidence in his speaking abilities. Uh, they, they call it the Lee Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm gonna have uh, all the details of that new toy. Uh, that's, that's coming up next week. Way to give it 110% out there, Duncan. <laughs> Thank you. He's not his head. He's not his head. <laughs> As for me, Tony Walsh, follow me at the Yorkies1812 and stay tuned next week as I get on the mascot theme as well. Talking about my new docu-series, New Balls, Crew Cat, and the Secret World of MLS Mascot Spaying and Neutering. Wow. Yeah, that's no, controversial. Very controversial. Remember, you can subscribe to this show and catch up on past episodes on iTunes as well as streaming on SoundCloud. Contact us anytime on Twitter at VocalMinorityPod, no A in the vocal, or on our website at VocalMinorityPodcast.blogspot.ca where you can leave us comments, your banner ideas, and of course, bitchy blanks. Until next time, keep your lakes real salty and get used to it, Toronto. Scientifically speaking, this can be encapsulated in one word. Bros. Bro? <laughs> Not bros. <laughs> wow. I, I can't, I wow. can't answer that. <laughs> right. I have the MP3 that I'm not ashamed to admit it. Drop the boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's another bros. Chocolate right. in a box.
Anyway. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Yeah. Outdone. If you got the MP3, you got no, that album. I don't have that one. You had oh, album. you I so do. That was a different album. You had an album. Oh, how do you know that was a different album? Because I was album. actually trying to, at one point, seek out When Will I Be Famous on a wow. CD. The I iTunes essentials. Who was the third guy? There wasn't. Yes, there was. Oh, there was. Kind of there was. Dude, there's I don't two care. Rosses in there. I didn't really care. Matt and Luke Goss yeah. and somebody else. So why is it a problem that I know the song, but you know their names? They were. Anyone? They were celebrities. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> yeah, they weren't a celebrity here. I had a teenage sister at the time. How appropriate, indeed. Texting wife. What is my Duncan's <laughs> sister's number? I have to start memorizing some Russian phrases just yeah. for my. That's what I like. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, just a little. 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 Just TCD of In Soviet Russia, podcast says hello to me. You can write my lines. There we go. I'll just say whatever you say. Cloud, that has no sound. Not bad, not bad. However, the winner is Alan Thornton at Toronto. Thank you. I was going to say it wrong and I didn't want to. Do it again? No. You never played the game? I know what it is. Anyway. Start from the top. How do you say it? Sabutio. I was going to say it wrong and you were all going to pick on me for the next year. How, how are you going to say it? I'm not going to tell you. Sabutio. I'm going to tell you. Sabutio. Stop. How do you say it? Sabutio. Thank you. It's like shake your bootio. Sabutio. <laughs> Just say the word. Oh, Sabutio? What? Sabutio? Yeah, yeah, this is going to take a while. I know. I'm going to stop laughing now. His wife's uh, famous Canada Goose jacket is actually filled with $50 bills. <laughs> Science. I hear it keeps you warm. Oh, yeah. Especially the new polymer. Oh, the Bordens? Yeah. Bordens keep you toasty. <laughs> it's all about the Bordens, baby. Is that 100? Shows how few times a week I handle a 50 or a 100. <laughs> yeah, when do, when do I have What's on? Who's on the 50? But, you know, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Right. Wrapping yourself in paper, it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Homeless guys aren't wrong. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's They're true. always wrapping themselves in $100 bills. <laughs> yes.